Well, the uncertainty across markets continues to increase. Blake and I go into the September central bank meetings where the Fed, the ECB and the Bank of England are all expected to raise by up to 75 basis points. We see the US dollar continuing on its ascent. We see equity markets in decline. It's all going on. We preview it in the trade-off. Well, hi, my name is Chris Weston, Head of Research here at Pepperstone. I'm going to be joined in two seconds by Blake Morrow from Forex Analytics. And we, as you can see on the side there, have a very action-packed show. I would point to exactly what's going on, but I've been told by my producer to sit still because of the lighting issues. I got told off by my producer to do so. So this is what we've got a lot to focus on today. And uh, yeah, hopefully we cover all of those factors as we go into the themes, the setups, and all the, the action that's going across markets Anyway, Blake, I'm going to bring you into the program, my good sir. How are you? Are you well? I'm, I'm doing great. How are you, Chris? Good to see you, buddy. Yeah, mate, I'm going well. That's just interesting because um, yeah, one of the things I was talking about the other day uh, was this idea that you call yourself Pipsar uh, on, <laughs> on, on Twitter. And I wanted to understand, is, is that a bullish name to call yourself? I mean, it's a bit tongue in cheek, but how did, you, how did you come up with that name? That's a, you know, that's a great question, Chris. Uh, back in I don't, whenever it was, 2008, 2009, uh, the U.S. car industry went under uh, and uh, we had to appoint a car czar here in the United States. Well, at the same time, we had some uh, uh, shows called The Morning Edge and everybody had all of the viewers had their own PIP moniker. So there's PIP Steeler, PIP Mantle, PIP the, this, PIP that. And I was actually the PIP Prez. Because I was the president of the Forex division. And then somebody called me the Pip Czar and it stuck. And it stuck like I could not shake it. So, you know, I just kind of ran with it. And but you know what I would call myself? I'm gonna I'm gonna call myself the Pip Mogul. I reckon Mogul's better than Czar. What do you reckon? Yeah, well, it's better than Pip Marmite. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon that's a great place to, to, to actually start looking at what could cause the pips to move. Let's go into topical thunder. Well, I'm going to go into FX markets, Blake, because we can talk about the Fed in a second, and we will. Um, but we are starting to see some 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 moves taking place. The euro, the euro is starting to look pretty attractive against the pound, against the Nokia, and against the yen. Um, certainly, sterling, a euro sterling is making a move up. We've now got 125 basis points of hikes being priced into euro rates over the next two meetings. They're expected to raise 75 basis points. When was the last time you seen the ECB? Have they ever raised 75 basis points? The super rate hike. We're seeing you know, the, the US dollar break out against the, the, the Japanese yen here. The yen looks really weak. Uh, the Noki looks weak at the moment. We saw you know, the, 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 the Norges Bank coming out and saying they're going to be selling three and a half billion Noki a day coming through in the, in the FX market. That's caused the Norwegian crown to, to get smacked. We are seeing some big moves, but we're, what we're seeing, Blake, is we're seeing different camps emerge, currencies that are looking relatively attractive and clear fragility in, in things like the Japanese yen, the pound, uh, and, and um, yeah, the Noki as well. So it's interesting. It's becoming, I don't want to say it's simple, but we are seeing clear consensus trades emerging. Clear and clarity is there. Uh, well, let's let's talk about what's really clear: the dollar, right? Yeah, right. I mean, if if, if you want to own something in FX, you own the dollar at least. You probably right already now. own it, though, don't you? Don't you own it already? I mean, it's it's way low. It's, it's loved, isn't it? It's just, it's really been well owned. 
It is. And I, I mean, it's scary to, but you, you know, what also is scary is you look at the Euro and, and you, you pointed exactly right. The Euro is actually looking really good against the Sterling. We're getting up towards, you know, range highs. We got the Euro Aussie that's actually shown a reversal. Euro Kiwi actually looks pretty good. Um, and, and actually even the Euro Max is actually bouncing. I mean, so the Euro looks great. And we've noted and talked about this before. It is scary shorting the euro near parity i mean you could you you throw everything at the euro and it it doesn't drop much below parity so and there's a lot of people that are very bearish the euro so i think positioning is very very short yeah. euros right now so uh, the risk might be that the euro squeezes but does it really squeeze much against the dollar or like as you're pointing out, maybe yeah. against the crosses. Well, it's, it's, it seems it's easier to play against the crosses, right? So, I mean, if you look at Euro dollar, we've been in this kind of descending channel for most of the year, to be honest. We really need, for, for people who are trading Euro dollar, we need to break one um, one double zero eighty, and then we get into the top of the channel uh, into sort of one one oh one eighty. I think that's probably a momentum trade, but we need to break that top end. Um, but the the upside at the moment from a relative rates perspective is that real rates in the US, in Europe have been moving up. We've seen natural gas prices last couple of days under a bit of decline because Germany's come out and said that they, they're stockpiling about 80 85% of capacity. Um, yeah, we've got the uh, Nord Stream 1 you know, closed at the moment. That's a concern for us at the moment. But yeah, I think certainly Euro against some of the crosses looks quite attractive and that's where some yeah. momentum is. But yeah, you can't bet against the dollar. Obviously, the big big issue that we've got there is is yeah what happens with payrolls this this Friday and that could continue to see it going up. But two year Treasuries now in the US they're steamrolling. You know they're they're three three fifty at the moment and that's continued to put upside in the dollar. And people keep expect they they keep betting again. I know we need to move along, but people keep betting against U.S. employment, and I'm not really too sure that employment's ready to roll over, but we'll see you on Friday. And we're, we're going to talk about, about that. Yeah. We're, 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 yeah, that's coming right You're up. Two steps ahead, wanna... mate. You're two steps ahead. Come yeah, back into sorry, the time but... zone. <laughs> <laughs> Stay in your time zone. All right, let's let's talk about the let's talk about the Fed. Yeah. And and I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the first one to admit I was actually caught wrong footed going into Friday. I was actually short a little dollars. I was thinking that the stock market might rally a little further. If, as we talked about it last week, I was kind of looking for a move just above the 200-day moving average. Then I was going to fade equities up there. Yeah. Well. You know, the market really reversed. The Fed chair was, he was obviously very hawkish, more hawkish than the market. Well, the market was expecting a hawkish Fed, but mm -hmm. he was really, really hawkish and he didn't let up. And so I, I you know, I've got to ask, you know, everybody's hoping, praying. Everyone's for, hoping, exactly. Uh, the, the, it's, it's, they're hoping for some sort of pivot, yeah. but you know, you got you got rates are pricing at what 130 basis points for the remainder of the year. Uh, you've got QT starting this month. I mean, is there even a Fed pivot coming? What what's the rates market telling you, Chris? Well, the pivot is no longer rate cuts. I mean, the pay, the Fed have made it very very clear they're not going to be cutting rates in 2023. What are we pricing now? If I look into Euro Euro dollar futures, we've got. 30 basis points of cuts being priced in into the latter stages of next year. That you know, a couple of weeks ago, that was around 60 or so. So the, the, the pivot is no longer rate cuts. The pivot is that they just literally take it down from a, like a ridiculous pace of 75 basis points into something more conventional, into 25 basis points at some stage this year. That's the yeah. pivot. Um, but yeah, look, I mean, I think uh, Powell, I mean, he sort of channeled his um, inner Ronan Keating, didn't he? And he basically said, 
you know, I, you say it best when you say nothing at all. And he had 30 minutes to speak on Friday. He spoke for eight minutes and it was defined. He basically made it really clear that, um, that, there was no conjecture that, 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 that you could interpret the comments as dovish in any capacity. The Fed are going after inflation and, and they've made it very, very clear that's going to be the case. So if we are going to get a pivot, it's going to be just more conventional policy settings as 25 and away from 75. But yeah, the, the way that things are going um, that we saw this week from the JOLTS report with jobs opening, two jobs for every one, that ratio has increased um, you, you, you'd be favouring a 75 basis point hike in the 21st of September meeting. The CPI number that comes out um, on the 13th of September maybe could seal the deal there. Um, obviously, the equity market wants to see that headline number coming lower. Um, but my base case at the moment, I think most people's base case is that they go 75 basis points in, the, in that September meeting. And, you know, it's going to be a lively one because the Bank of England, you know, they, they probably will go 50, but there's a small chance they raise 75. The ECB now, when their meeting comes up on the 9th of September, yeah, they're pretty much, it's pretty much a given to me that they're going to raise 75 basis points, which is crazy. The Australian Central Bank was going to raise 50 at the next meeting. Canadians will probably go 75. So it's a, it's a, it's a blockbuster month, isn't it? For, for, for yeah, it is. And can you, could you imagine the market cheering if the Fed only raised by 50 basis points? <laughs> I this mean, is the world. This is we, we discount 75, and that's the perversity of the situation. But what's interesting here, Blake, and I'm sure you've been talking this with the Forex Analytics clients, is that bad news is firmly good news for markets, and good news is bad news is bad news there. So, you know, when we talk about things, and let's go into the payrolls because this is a perfect segue to see that. Because, you know, if you have a look at the way that, that we traded on the JOLTS report, when the job openings came through this week from the US, 11.2 million job openings. It was about 850,000 jobs openings above what the market was expecting. What happened when you do that? You know, people were coming out and saying, that's fantastic. It's so good. We're going to see all these jobs. Equity markets got slammed. The dollar rallied and treasuries sold off and yields moved higher because the market is saying, what are we looking for right now? We want to see what the Fed are seeing as the signals to ease back. And that means that we're going to need to see a cooling of the, the labor market and we need to see headline inflation moving back towards core and core ultimately you know, finding signs that at some stage in the next couple of years, it's going to move back to target. So we know what the signals are that the Fed are looking for. And therefore, we cheer when we see a softening in the labor market. And if we go in, and I know it's the perversity of the situation, but yeah, we saw that from the JOLTS report. The JOLTS report said that this was an incredible level of job openings and we sold risk on the back of it. So when we go into the payrolls number on Friday, the market's looking for 300,000 jobs. They're looking for the unemployment rate to stay as it is. And we're looking for the you know, for average hourly earnings to, to probably go up about 5.3%. You know, that is a very strong level of job creation and that should seal a 75 basis point hike. The, uh, the irony here for me, Blake, is if we were to get a really strong number, like, say 400,000 or above, equities are going to get smacked. And to the average person on the street, you say, you know what, here's the NASDAQ, you know, NASDAQ 100. If, if, if we were to create 400,000 jobs in, 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 in the payrolls report, what would you expect to see with the equity market? They'd say, oh, it's going to go up. So this is the perversity we have now, isn't it? The, the, the bad news or good news is bad for the equity market and, and good for the dollar. It is. And and, uh, and so I wanted to ask you, you know, we had the ADP. Uh, it got retooled, remastered. It, it did, got, yeah. yeah. And it came out today. It was it was it came in a little soft compared to what? I mean, and I, and, I mean, but the number came in one hundred thirty two thousand. Mm. Um, what do you make of the new ADP? Are you even looking into it? Is it is it anything that's a factor to you now with what? non-farm? 
Yeah, I, I mean, it's been so such a poor predictor, but let's say this this new methodology is is actually more correlated with the BLS model. We saw 132,000 jobs. The market was looking for 300,000. Now, actually, what's more important, if you take the 12-month average, uh, which they came through on the ADP number, and, it, and, it, and the 12-month average is 356,000 jobs. And let's work on this assumption that it, that it under-reports relative to the payrolls number. Um, the payrolls number has sort of been going at a 12-month average, monthly average of 495,000. So if we get the average of the ADP, it's uh, what 356. The average of the payrolls is is 495 and we use this number that we've seen from the adp number at 132 it probably gets us to where um the expectations of the market is is around 300 300 yeah, yeah so that that would probably be if you were to go out and go what's the whisper number on the street this nonsense number that comes through 300 seems if you use that methodology from the adp where the market would be pricing this so the playbook for me on non-farm payrolls is simple below 150,000, below 100,000 net jobs and the dollar will sell off. Equity markets will probably rally above 400,000 and you're going to get risk coming off. The dollar will rally, dollar yen will break through convincingly through those levels. That's the way I'm looking at this as well. And I think it gets another segue into that because we're obviously we're, we're trading the payrolls number, but we are seeing lower levels. Today, Blake, I'm looking at Asia. Uh, we've got NASDAQ futures down about 94 basis points. Um, NVIDIA have just come out with news uh, because of what's happening in China um, of sales uh, guidance lower. Um, and NVIDIA is down about 6% post-market. That's taking futures down, techs down, queues will probably open up, lay lower. Um, but yeah, equity markets generally have been trending lower. Um, yeah. what's, what's your take on, on, um, on, on the equity markets? And which one well are you looking at specifically there? Well, let's let's talk about the equity markets. We're going to turn turn our attention to. Well, I, I just wanted to ask the question: Are we headed to retest the 2022 lows? It's a scary thought um, because the markets opened the year at the highs of the year, and we've we've been down quite substantially throughout the course of the year. But you know, after hearing the Fed chair and how diligently the Fed is going to be fighting. Um, inflation and trying to get inflation back down to their 2%, which is going to be interesting to watch to see if they will be successful. You and I are going to be retired, mate. It's going to be 2024. <laughs> We're going to be, we'll be lounging, drinking cocktails on some beach in, in Hawaii. I reckon, right, right. Give me another Mai Tai. But, <laughs> but, but technicals, I mean, let's, let's, let's talk about it because the S&P you know, could not break above the 200-day moving average, that right? Saying, yeah. uh, the 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 Dow failed to break above the 200-day moving average. The S&P is only at seven percent off the lows. That's mm. not very far. That's a that's a you know hop, skip, and a jump away. We're at sixty-one percent retracement now, and we have the uh, if that if that nineteen percent rally we saw between June and and August, about we're about pretty much into that sixty-one percent level. Is that right? Well, yeah. So that was up on an escalator, down on an elevator. That's, that's the right. price action, right? We were there within three days. I mean. And that's how fast we've dropped. Right. The IWM, remember uh, I brought up the chart two yeah, weeks ago about the failed that. breakout? Well, mm. it failed, right? It mm. also failed at the 200 DMA. NASDAQ couldn't even get up. The NASDAQ 100 couldn't even get up to the 200 DMA. The DAX stalled at the 38% retracement, which is a, a bearish continuation Fibonacci level. If, if you can only reach the 38% retracement on a bounce, that's not a good sign for bulls. The CAC 40, the fr the French market, it failed at the 200-day moving average. And the Nikkei continues to move lower. China and Hong Kong, oh, those markets look horrible. We're we're not far away from the 2022 lows. And even the FTSE, that's been I don't know why uh, it, it's been holding up so well this whole year. 
it's actually starting to look kind of weak over the last few days. So are we going to retest these lows, Chris? I mean, what are your thoughts on, on markets? I, I think they look scary. To me. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think the, uh, I mean, we've got this, this, this support on the NASDAQ and around and, and S&P into current levels and has 61% retracement, but um, sure. I, I think the, the, I wouldn't want to be long at the moment. You're catching a falling knife. It feels like you need you need some consolidation. You need to show some buying pressure coming through. Um, you know, obviously you can scalp in and out of that situation. But yeah, if you're trading off four-hour or daily charts, the trend is your friend in this situation. You're catching a falling knife. You're either out the market, in my opinion, or you're short. So that, that, that seems to be the high probability trade at the moment. I think, you know, the other way you can play this is, is you know, the ASX and, and the FTSE have outperformed, in my opinion, um, not just because of currency effect, but because they are all value markets. They have they have a very high dividend uh, yield relative to other places. So when bond markets are going up, they get less affected by the discounting mechanism and the, the present value effect that that happens from you know rates moving up. So yeah, you could play this by being long the ASX, short the the, the Nasdaq. Yeah, those kind of plays, tra- trading relative value, trading long short. That's a way to do it. But if you're looking at the big ticket items at the moment, the trend is your friend. Um, I wouldn't want to necessarily buying on a four-hour time frame or a daily chart if, until you see some consolidation um, and, and you know, showing that, that the market looks like it wants to stage a higher, a higher bid, though. So there's a lot of uncertainty. When you get this kind of uncertainty, the buyers are staying aside. We're getting CTAs drip feeding more length uh, on the short side, and that repositioning is coming down. So um, I still think, Blake, for me, it's, it's, it's continued to be a bit cautious in this market. So... I think that's the way I'm looking at it. And it feels like the way, yeah. the way you're looking at it as well. So uh, I think let's go into the technicals and have a look at some of the setups that are, that are on our mind at the moment. Well, the first one I'm looking at, Blake, is, is what's happening in spot crude. And I mean, you can see the. I mean, this is just a, a crazy move, right? I mean, we're just trying to bring up the chart now, but we... That- well, you're while you're doing that, yeah, that was gnarly. That was a gnarly move. It was a nasty reversal this week. So gnarly. Is there a time in All right, life? That's when, a California term. Is there a time in life when you when you, you you should not be allowed to use words like gnarly? Is there is over like, the yeah. age of seventy? In my it's book, it's like skateboards, isn't it? It's like you know, at the age of forty, you should not be allowed to be on a skateboard unless you are like you know, Tony Hawk, for example, who can pull it off. But Blake, <laughs> I mean, just gnarly. Come on, mate. Anyway, whatever. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, you saw that that move up, didn't you? You saw the wedge, you saw the breakout. Everyone was getting bullish, including uh, myself. I was thinking this is going to go up and test the hundred bucks. We, the next candle, as you can see there, we, you know, we, we, we made a, a higher high. And just from that very moment, the, the sellers just came in, bang. You're not going up, you're going down. We saw an engulfing pattern and we followed through quite aggressively. And it looks like we're going to go back and test those, those recent lows there. So, yeah, well, we can talk about fund- fundamentals. The cows come home because there are some very bullish fundamentals. We so heard from OPEC last night talking about next year's uh, you know, deficit coming through. They've, they've cut their surplus for this year by half, and we can talk about what's happening in supply issues. Um, and we could make an argument that, that, that if we get a bad back into those, those those lows, then we're going to find some support. Um, but the price action at the moment continues to suggest that the demand issue from you know falling economics continues to be one of the big issues there. So, yeah, what it, you're surprised. I'm surprised. What it, where, where do you see this going now? Well, false breakouts usually lead to breakdowns. That's that's a good rule of thumb that's always you know kept me safe in the market. And so, uh, technically, I still technically I still target seventy five bucks. And I and when I have random people that just you know blurt out to me, crude will never see seventy five again. Then it's like that's I start to get a little nervous. 
and which did happen uh, recently. And so, you know, it doesn't look good for bulls. And I know I understand the argument. We understand the bullish argument, but price action is king at this point. Yeah, right. Absolutely. hundred percent. All right. Well, well, speaking of price action, let's take, let's take a look at gold because I want to do a little gold digging there, uh, Chris. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna dig for gold. What are you doing later tonight? I'm just kidding, joking. I'm joking. No, I'll, be, I'll be sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> so so hey, look. Um, I know a lot of you guys and gals are 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 precious metal and gold bulls, and and you know we've been watching precious metals, and I mean, frankly, the price action's been pretty bearish. However. The bear flag pattern that I have, you can see it outlined in red. It does target the 1780 level once again. Now, as you know, the 1780 level has been really a nice level to be on the long side. I mean, but it also is starting to get riskier because we're making lower highs that there are stops situated before the, below the level, below that 17, uh, was it 1780 level? And to be honest, I mean, it, that's the target. And if you want to go gold digging and you want to be on the long side, that might be a place to, to be long with a tight stop. But do you mean 1680? You mean 1680? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I said it was saying 17, yeah. 1680. Sorry, I don't have the chart in front of me. I'm just that's looking right. at our screen. So, okay. um, yeah, 1680. It's been a really key level. You can see it highlighted in that green. And if you want to be long down there, you, you know where your stops need to be. But I would definitely. Well, you should always have stops in the market, but you got to keep them tight because yeah. they might get targeted. What do you That's think, right. Chris? Well, it, again, it always comes down to your strategy. You know, we, we give these daily charts, weekly charts, because it's good oversights. But obviously, you know, if you're day trading, if you're scalping in and out, you know, your swing trading, yeah, momentum, main reversion, all that sort of stuff. That, that, that That's up to you. But. That, that what you're working with is is a is a downtrend at the moment. So for me, when I'm trading intraday, um, my my natural bias at the moment, given that we've seen three red candles and and that you know, all the moving averages are, are aligned, price and and the rate of change is the downside. Is that, that this? Yeah, the probability is this does go down to test that. You know, 1678, 1680 level that you talk about, how price reacts into that's obviously you know something that we'll have to look at, and that's something that we trade. But for now, if I'm if I'm if I'm Looking at the big picture situation for for the time frame that we trade trade in and out of is is that the, the the rate of capital is moving down. We've got real rates on twos moving further higher, which is negative for gold. The dollar is weighing on gold. So yeah, I feel I feel like this. I think I feel like the probability is this goes further lower. Um, and the other one, of course, is is, is well, yeah, you can see there, dollar yen um, is is the next one because, of course, you know, when we're talking about gold, we've got to take a view on the dollar, um, and dollar yen is just you know one way of expressing what we're seeing there. And dollar yen, like you know, the, this chart is something that we pulled out about an hour and a half ago. Since that time, now we are seeing a breakout, so we're now seeing one thirty nine sixty two is the level that we're looking at. So that 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 top has broken out. Now, obviously, this is a daily chart, so we need to see a close above those July highs. Um, and, and that would give us a, a really clear assumption, assumption that, that the bulls are in control of this move. So I always like to wait for the daily candle to close because sometimes you get the, you know, the pin bar reversals playing through and that can be powerful in itself. Um, but as it stands at this stage, we've got a breakout in dollar yen. And yeah, of course, the question is, is, is yeah, will we see 140? And then what does the Bank of Japan and the Ministry of Finance do about that situation, it feels like we're trending again, doesn't it, Blake? And, and money's money, money can be made very well when you're in trending markets. And you know, um, the Bank of Japan's Kuroda had nothing to say regarding the yen and the weakness that we saw in the yen over the weekend. So uh, that I think just opened the door for fresh 
lows in the yen and highs in the dollar yen. And I, you know, Chris, I've got targets that go up to 142, 144, but you know, when something starts really breaking out and you get this momentum behind it, I mean, who knows? I mean, the, those targets become more like speed bumps in the market yep. and it looks bullish right now. Yeah, so I think you, you've got to respect it. You know, I, uh, my colleague, uh, Dale Pinkert, he interviewed Adam Button from Forex Live uh, yeah. last week, yeah. and he said one of the biggest developments that he's seen in 2022 is just recently the yen break away from the risk on risk off model. You know, we have stocks going down, as you pointed out earlier in the show. They're down significantly because of NVIDIA. It's a bond proxy. It's just a bond proxy. It, it, it definitely is because the yen's not catching the risk-off bid. And it and that's that that breakaway is significant. It's something we need to be respectful of. But if the risk-off vibe is, is being driven by higher bond prices and bond, bond, sorry, bond yields, lower bond prices, then yeah. the yen, yeah, if we saw a situation where, where yeah, growth was the issue and yeah, bonds were getting bid and yields were going lower, then I think the, the, the Japanese yen would probably work in that situation. But what you're seeing is, these bond yields are moving higher again. Um, and, and that to me is just, you know, where do you want to park your capital? Is You don't really want to be in, in the Japanese market because, you know, the Bank of Japan still got their ultra dovish policy setting. So, you know, as long as bond yields are going up and equities are going down, then the yen's going to not, it's not going to work because you're just, you, you get, you're just paying carry effectively in that situation. It is. And, uh, and the dollar yen looks, looks great, Chris. I, I love the, I love this. I love this chart. Um, and speaking of a chart, I wanted to bring up to your bring to your attention is the Aussie Kiwi. Uh, I know we have the RBA next week, early next week. But look, I the you you thought I was going to come in today being an Aussie bull. You even said it last week. Next week, Blake, you're going to come in being an Aussie it's bull. Changed. I, well, you know, it's against the Kiwi, and 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 I'm showing you just some technicals that I think are really important. You know, we've been in this bullish channel. I actually played the Aussie Kiwi on the long side. Two weeks ago on this breakout, and I made I made really great money. Um, but I haven't played since it's reversed, but we're right back at the breakout point right now, Chris. That comes in around the 11180 level. But I want to note the highs that have been made in price and the highs that have been made in relative strength. And when relative strength shows a peak, price peaks, and it's done it so consistently in this chart on the daily chart. So we have the RBA on Monday. I think if we get a solid break back below 111.50, I think it trades back towards one, you know, 110.70, 110.60. What are your thoughts with the Aussie Kiwi here? It's starting to look a little toppy. Yeah, it's tough one. And the RBA meeting for for everyone else who lives in um, Australia is on Tuesday. Um, Blake's up different time zone, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> um, no, it's it's, it's uh, yeah. For me, it's um, it's a tough one. You know, there, there's there's things to dislike about both currencies, but yeah. The, it feels like um, it feels like the downside is 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 more prevalent, um, you know. And I think you probably uh, at a sort of a higher probability suggest may see this trading down to one eleven. I haven't had um, my my sell signals yet that I like to look at from a more systematic perspective, but they're not a million miles off. Um, and when they do, yeah, I'll probably be trading this from the short side for one eleven, one one ten fifty. Um, and maybe the maybe the RBA meeting comes out and suggests, but given what we saw the other day from retail sales in Australia, which were ridiculous, um, you know, uh, then then you suggest that the RBA shouldn't really shouldn't see any reason to be dovish in any capacity. Uh, so, on from that perspective, it's difficult to make a fundamental assessment. The RBA 
is going to cause this pair to go down. But look, you know, at the end of the day, rates are fully priced. A 50 basis point hike from the RBA is fully discounted. We've got a fairly rich curve that, that you know, the RBA need to live up to. So it's an interesting cross. Um, we've actually got a lot of client activity in this pair, and most of it's on the short side now. So, yeah, I, I, I favour that, that, that side of things. It's a good chart, and I, I'm, I'm thankful you brought it up. But, uh, yeah, for me, 111 is the higher probability for me. Um, All right. Well, there you go. Anyway, so... Yeah, maybe that could have been a really good play of the day, but uh, it isn't. Uh, and that's a setup that Blake's got up. I want to hear what Blake has as his play of the day. Blake, uh, I'm actually going <laughs> to take yeah. the liberty of going to my play of the day, first of all, because that's the... Yeah, you know what? You should. It's your yeah. show. You should. <laughs> no, we've, uh, we've had a... Um, uh, we've had a couple of uh, good questions from from uh, yeah, viewers. Mike Burberry, one of the, one of he wrote a really good question. He actually thought crew could go higher, um, but one of the things he talked about was the idea about commodity prices, and certainly in the more sort of agricultural side of things. Um, and yeah, one of the ones I want to touch on, um, which was one that he didn't bring up, but uh, is wheat. And, and why did I bring it up? Because um, look, you know, you've seen that really strong consolidation for a large period of time. The Bollinger Bands have come into this big squeeze. Um, you can see that. Yeah, the, the, the moving averages, the, the rate of change is sort of doing not a lot at the moment. And I look at a market like wheat and, and when you get a, a long extended period um, of, of consolidation, eventually that breaks out and it will create a massive trend. And it does trend beautifully. So I've got this on the radar. There's no trade at the moment. But when you see those Bollinger Bands squeeze sufficiently, when it breaks out to the top side, that to me is a momentum trade that turns into a trend trade. It's on my high watch alert because we are, you don't see squeezes for this period of time. Um, and I think once it breaks out, that will be something that I'll be jumping on. Uh, and so, yeah, it's one that's firmly on the radar for a potential trending um, vehicle situation there. That is a nice consolidation right there. So I like it, Chris. Well, you know, you were talking earlier about the bullishness of the euro and how well it's looking. Well, mm. take a look at the euro yen. That's going to be my play of the day. Yep. The euro yen is actually breaking out to the upside, and it's 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 continuing this upside break because this is a daily chart. It is an image. Um, the yen is weakening. The dollar yen is breaking out. So obviously, it's taking the euro yen with it. Uh, you know, it is. It broke out of a, a, a triangle consolidation and that the maximum target of that triangle consolidation takes us all the way up to 142, which is near the 78% retracement of the entire down move. And you can see also recent highs that came in mid-July, right around that same area. So being that the euro is looking a little bit better on the crosses, the yen is weak, uh, you know, and, and remember... Chris pointed out that that euro strength on the crosses, the yen is weak, as he also pointed out in the in the uh, dollar yen. Well, hell, put them both together, and we got the euro yen today. So the euro yen, I think, looks bullish, and I think we target 140, at least 140, and going up to 142. And um, it's it it looks it looks like it's going to squeeze, Chris. I like it. I like it too, mate. So uh, I like it when you get yourself together. You got yourself a trade. Um, yeah, that's right. But uh, yeah, all, all good. Anyway, um, if you're still watching the show, we really appreciate it. If you can hit the like button, we'd appreciate that as well. Uh, we got some really good comments last week. I talked about Mike Burberry's comments there. So um, yeah, do leave your comments in there, Blake, and I'll get to those as we can. And we might be able to address some of those uh, going into the, into the show ahead. For all you fathers out there in Australia and that part of the world, uh, happy Father's Day for the weekend. And we appreciate you viewing. We'll see you next week more for more of The Trade-Off.